Mr. Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Rich Eisen here sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk. Why not, indeed? Because it's the name of the show and I'm sitting in front of a microphone. Otherwise, you know, what are we doing otherwise? 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on the program. Top of our number two. We just had a full conversation with Rob Domofsky about the Green Bay Packers offseason workout program that is up and running. We also just... Uh, Discussed at length Jalen Hurts' remarkable contract that he just earned every single penny along with the first no-trade clause in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, he just got it all. And um, it was a, a, a full-on conversation. We'd love to have with you. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial on the program. Jeff Van Gundy of ESPN is slated to call in any moment now, and we'll, uh, we'll get to him when he uh, rings us up. And then there is our number three, Francisco Lindor of the New York Mets. Joining us on this program. What a weekend you had. Sixers, Clippers, and Mets all winning. Yeah. Unbelievable. And you, Chris, it's yes, amazing. The Celtics just smoked the Atlanta Hawks, and the Red Sox got back to 500. That's good. So, what? <laughs> what? What are you shaking your head for? They got back to 500. I mean. That's great. I don't understand why that's a problem. Why, why, is that a, why, why are you staring at me like that? Do we need to play back the tape uh, on how you said it? I said it was great. They smoked your Celtics, smoked the Hawks. Yeah, very kind of I didn't even mention the Bruins getting ready to to start winning the cup that everyone's expecting them to bring back to Boston. Keep counting the standings in April, buddy. Chris, you can't come. You can't. I mean, honestly, you You're can't. You're not being nice. I am. You're not being nice. <laughs> getting back to everyone fu- in the room knows it. Everyone listening at home <laughs> and on television you knows. You can't get to 600 until nice. you get to 500. Getting back to 500. You're not sincere. You, you, you don't mean it. And I take umbrage. <laughs> you got back to 500, by the way, which is you don't want to be. You don't want to be like five, you don't want to be like what the the A's are right now or the Royals are right now. You want to be certainly if you're getting swept by a team that's difficult to beat right now yeah would you rather be 250 or 500 i didn't like the tone (laughs) although last year he did tell you that to keep counting the standings and then what happened at the end of last year your team did win 99 games so So very sensitive did they win a ring i missed that part they they did not got it yeah so let's uh let you know what let's take a couple phone calls right oh by the way um some news breaking in the uh national football league draft world Nick Casario. Yeah, what's going on there? Of the Houston Texans, the general manager. It was just last week at this time that Adam Schefter said, uh, I'm not sold on the, the Texans taking a quarterback. We're like, what? Really? Really? You'll just pass on Bryce Young or CJ Stroud sitting <laughs> yeah. up there too. Is that what you'll do? That seems silly. Don't forget, they have a nice backstop at 12. So if somebody like Richardson or Levis or even Hendon Hooker is there, they might be like, we'll take him. We'll, we'll, we'll be good. We'll take Will Anderson there. We'll trade out, which is what Nick Casario just said that the Texans are willing to do. Wow. The quote I have right here from uh, Andrew Siciliano. If you want to quote me, are we open for business? We're open to listening. It's a very Fraser Crane type way of putting it. <laughs> All so, right. All right. Yeah. So who's moving up now? I mean, Arizona's got to be like, really? Really? We, we thought we're the linchpin spot 
at the quarterback position in this draft after quarterback quarterback starts our draft and we don't need one because Kyler Murray is untradeable right now even if we wanted to contract and health wise he's our guy come on and uh the Texans are like we'll 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 take all those offers we saw what the Bears just got from Carolina we'll take them We'll take him if somebody thinks that Stroud is worthy of uh, their team. And we, even though we don't, I don't even know. Here's the thing with, with this whole Texans conversation is I don't know what their plan would be. What would their plan be at quarterback? What would it be? I mean, start Davis Mills and try to go 2-15 and 15 again. Sign Lamar to an offer sheet. Blow everyone away. <laughs> Which makes no sense. That's literally the last place I would expect. That would be that. no, it would make no sense that that would be their plan with a draft choice at 2 and 12 and then another draft choice from Cleveland in next year's draft. And this whole business of next year's draft is a bunch of quarterbacks that are better than the ones that are currently available in this year's draft. I will hear that from kingdom to come. And I, my response is, well, you better make sure you're in the top two of next year's draft because if there is a quarterback needy team that's anywhere in that area, they ain't trading it. I don't know. I, this makes no sense other than the fact that maybe he gets a godfather offer, multiple draft choices this year next. I don't know who would do that for C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Maybe it's a trade that you can make right now, and if – the quarterback that's chosen by the Carolina leaves whoever else on the table that is of interest to somebody else. They can just pop that trade out and exact it on the night of the draft. So that is really a shocker to me that Casario comes out and he goes, yeah, yeah well, we'd be willing to pass up on a quarterback in the draft. That would be heck of a, a shocker in, in, in day Day one, night one, 10 days from now, as the NFL draft is right around the corner. Fresh off of calling the Lakers win over the Grizzlies is our friend Jeff Van Gundy back here on the Rich Eisen Show talking some uh, wild playoff games in weekend number one. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing better for talking to you. Your two cents on that Laker win and how sustainable you think the play of Reeves and Hachimura can be for a team that, uh, as we all know, has uh, LeBron and AD on it. What do you got for me on that, Jeff? Well, I don't know about Hachimura, but I think Reeves for sure, I don't think he'll score necessarily like that, but he plays good basketball on a nightly basis because he competes hard. He knows when to pass and when to shoot. He's a gifted playmaker, and he's got an edge to him. And Hachimura's got a size and strength advantage over the bench of uh, Memphis. Uh, Memphis's front court is depleted by injury, and I think it showed the way the Lakers just attacked them in the paint. And the way that Morant obviously is hurt and him calling himself doubtful for game two, you mentioned the uh, banged-up front court. Stephen Adams uh, leaps to mind right there. the, The general consensus going into this series was the Lakers had a shot. Now the general consensus is that the Lakers are going to win. Give me the case for Memphis to push back on that right now, Jeff. Well, over the past couple of years, Memphis has won as, at a high rate, very high rate, uh, when Moran hasn't played uh, because of 
the great backup point guard play of Tyus Jones. So I don't think an injury in the backcourt to Morant is as devastating as the injuries to their front court with Adams and Clark out. So I think they'll be fine on offense, and I think they'll have to get some good minutes out of Roddy or Contour, uh, whoever they choose to play. But the hardest thing for them is going to be, you know, what do we do with Davis uh, and how he just dominated at both ends. And I think they have to attack him uh, uh, with more intelligence, not challenging him one-on-one. I I think they've got to search uh, Jaron Jackson out in the post against James and whoever the backups are. I thought that they had some good success there. And then Desmond Bain uh, and Brooks are going to have to play play well. I think Bain's really, really good. Uh, Brooks is erratic on offense. And uh, so, yeah, they're, they're depleted right now, but they're not without talent. They, they could certainly win game two if they play well. Jeff Van Gundy here from the Worldwide Leader in Sports and ABC. Uh, as we have begun the NBA playoffs here in the 2022-2023 season. And then coming off of that game with Anthony Davis uh, drawing a charge on Morant and Morant hurting himself on that play. Later on in the day, Giannis gets hurt as Kevin Love draws a block, not a charge. And um, I know you're not on the old Twitter machine, Jeff, but there is a full-on conversation going on about how maybe for players' safety in this day and age with faster players, bigger players, you know, Wembayama is coming um, to get rid of the charge in basketball. What are your two cents and thoughts on that one, Jeff? Well, obviously, you know, the injury situation is, is, a, is you know, hard for all those teams to absorb. And I think going back to like a Derrick Rose situation when he used to attack with reckless abandon with that uh, athleticism uh, similar to Morant's, you know, you can see some more challenging falls. Uh, I don't know about eliminating the charge. I think the NBA, far greater than the college game, uh, calls more blocks than charges, which I think is a good thing. Uh, but eliminating, I don't know then how you would help if you would just, everything had to be a block shot. Um, I think Mark Cuban uh, recommends that we extend the restricted area out another foot. Uh, I think that's fine, too. So I think you have to have some, certainly you have to have some, uh, you have to have thoughts. But it's also on the player, uh, the offensive player attacking, to be under control and uh, to be able to avoid the contact by sliding by. So um, I think it's a it's an interesting topic, and I don't think the solution will be easy. Well, I mean, uh, not to add any more uh, on the, the flagrant foul table, because the way sometimes we stop a game to check on whether it's a flagrant this or a take foul that, and we're stopping games – um, for 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 heading over to a table and we're, we're putting on headsets and we're looking at video, um, but maybe uh, if a player slides in too late, that could be considered a dangerous play, uh, and it would give a player a second thought to do that. What do you think about that idea? 
Jeff? Uh, that's, uh, I think certainly you could, you could do that. Again, you know, the trade-off is always more dead time for the fan. Mm. Uh, but certainly there are dangerous plays, and, and similar to that is the block out where the guy has already gone up to rebound and a guy sort of undercuts him to try to block him out once he's already in the air. I think that is a similar type of play that can obviously lead to dangerous falls. I think all of that is up in the air, and you just have to think of the unintended consequences as you try to you know, make the game safer for the players. Jeff Van Gundy here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, the Suns losing to the Clippers. Um, how concerned would you be uh, as a Phoenix Suns fan right now? I know they're stacked, but the Clippers seem to be deeper, and they use that depth along with some uh, timely defense from Russ last night to, to come up with the W. I don't know how much of that game you got to see coming off of your broadcast, but I'll give you the floor on that subject if you don't mind, Jeff. Yeah, I didn't see the end, uh, but obviously um, – Phoenix doesn't know its team as well as the Clippers know it, uh, its team. So uh, played uh, Durant and Booker huge minutes. I think Chris Paul has got to, you know, obviously orchestrate, you know, the attack exceptionally well. The bench play of Phoenix, you see Monty Williams going to a lot of different people for short minutes. It'll be interesting to see if he consolidates those minutes into two or three guys versus a few minutes for a lot of different players. Uh, but, yeah, I think if you're Phoenix, you should be concerned. Kawhi Leonard, every game he actually plays, uh, you're reminded just how good he is. And they've, they have talent. They have good depth. And it, it's going to be, you know, that series – is going to be a hard-fought series. How deep a run do you think the Kings can make, Jeff? Well, I'm still picking the Warriors mm -hmm. uh, to win that series. Okay. But I think the Kings are a dynamic team. I think Sabonis has to make you know has to play better. Uh, certainly, Monk was an incredible pickup from a, a bench offensive production standpoint. And I think Fox is in, I think it's year six. And, you know, he's finally getting a taste of playing winning basketball. And I think some of these young players who come into these downtrodden franchises who learn uh, lose at such significant rates early in their career, they can become numb to the losing, the bad habits that they're acquiring. And I think it's imperative that – even when you're losing, that you're pl you're playing winning basketball, meaning that you're you're doing the things right. And I think Mike Brown and his staff have done a tremendous job. They've got an offensive juggernaut. Defensively, you know they're not um, very good, but their offense is elite. And, and they didn't even get a good game from Sabonis. So uh, it's going to be fun watching that series. Two. Different but high firepower teams. I would expect that Golden State would bounce back and play well, but Sacramento at home, uh, 
I, I think they're going to play another good game. Well, I mean, if you think the Warriors advance, and let's just say that the Lakers do what what, what they just did and can sustain it, uh, certainly with Morant out, I mean, Golden State versus the Lakers in a second-round series would just be quite something. Boston and Philadelphia as well. And then again, I'll just <clears throat> again, I I know, I know it's just one game, but Knicks Heat, we all know, Jeff, that's uh, that's got some history. You know what I mean? Oh, for playoffs, we are skipping some steps here. Rick. Oh yeah, okay, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, oh yeah, I would say yada 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 the rest <laughs> of the first round. Uh, yeah, because yeah. you know Greg Popovich coined that uh, phrase, uh, "You can't skip steps." Yeah. So I know he's not a big uh, sports radio guy, but if you happen <laughs> to be listening right now. Um, he's a little bit angered at Rich Eisen for how many different steps he skipped along the way to his dream matchup. He, he's throwing his screaming eagle at the radio, his big, his big old red wine. Big, he's throwing it at exactly, the radio. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. No, I know I skipped a bunch of steps, but um, I mean, t- th- what I just said is kind of possible, though, don't you think? For this, or... I'm, I, I'm not sure about the uh, Knicks Heat matchup, okay. but certainly the Lakers and the Warriors. I mean, it's possible, uh, and it would be intriguing, and it would be great television, but I never discount uh, these young teams' ability to bounce back, find ways, and, you know, the way the Memphis, I thought both of those uh, series, Memphis and the Lakers, Sacramento and the Warriors, were sort of toss-up series anyway, and so it'll be interesting to see game to game. You know, can Memphis you know, with losing game one and the pressure of trying to win game two, maybe down Moran and down those other front court guys, does it kick them into a higher level of effort and intensity and passion? Mm -hmm. Or are they a little bit defeated because of the untimely injuries? Uh, I can't wait to see their response. Well, in the couple minutes I have left here uh, with you, Jeff Van Gundy, let's do story time since Greg Popovich is finally going to the hall. It's one of those where you're 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 kind of shocked uh, that he's not already there. And you know, basketball is obviously a sport where active coaches can get put in the hall. You got a good your favorite Greg Popovich story? You got a good pop story for me, Jeff Van Gundy? I don't know if I have a story from uh, the NBA days, but. I got to say, I, I worked with him on the World Cup and the Olympics. I was like a help in scouting, mm-hmm. but I was there every day to watch him. Mm-hmm. And to me, he was so invested and he's so good with the players. Uh, he has the ability to push, prod, but also establish these deep bonds of trust. And I really admired him just watching how he he worked in a very, very challenging situation. Yeah, I'm sure because, again, those those are the all-star teams of all-star teams in many ways. And to and with a lot of uh, jockeying, I imagine, that he was able to – you watched him negotiate that firsthand? Yeah, yeah, I think it just – you know, even when you don't – haven't coached a guy, you know, and you sort of know him from competition. Yes, it doesn't mean you're going to instantly, you know, form a a bond necessary for a team in moments of uh, stress to be able to have that trust that you need to carry you home. And I just watched how diligent he was at establishing those 
winning type relationships uh, when it's not easy and it's done in a very short amount of time. I think a lot of it stems from the respect he's garnered from the players for how uh, a good a coach he is, but mm-hmm. also I think he's garnered rightfully the idea that he cares deeply about his players and their success. And uh, it was really fun to watch him work up close. Uh, all right, Jeff, thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it. What's, what's next on your docket? Where do you go from here? We will uh, – our crew is going to be in New York for games three and four of the Knicks and oh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, gosh. That place, man. The garden for a playoff game. That is just uh, – I'm sure the memories will be rushing back for you when you're in that building for that. It's always a great place to go to uh, in the playoffs. And uh, just like, you know, there's so many great buildings uh, in the playoffs. The thing I always appreciated about the Garden, Mm -hmm. uh, it was the same when they were playing uh, in the regular season, Mm -hmm. uh, a last-place team as it was against, you know, uh, a Chicago Bulls team in the regular season. That fan base uh, was there every night. And if you played bad, they let you know. And if you played well, they let you know that too. I appreciated the the uh, crowd's honesty uh, for the play that was presented. <laughs> I love that. Great way to put it. And then, of course, you always know you're going to get uh, the opposition's best game too. It really is. You, you just depending knew it. on how much, depending on uh, how long their stay in New York was. I think that part was a little bit overrated. I saw some teams that uh, uh, made it to shoot around approximately the same time they came in from the previous evening. So if I like, you, you always got their best. You know, I think Miami's always had that advantage down in uh, uh, South Beach as well. Straight, straight from, uh, straight from, I guess, the club to uh, to the arena. Is that what you're you're yeah. saying? I tell you what, when teams played back to back in New York, yeah, those were the games that you really worried about because they weren't out the night before. Yeah. Ah. Uh. So, there you go. That's inf- that's information I did not have. Thanks for making me smarter, Jeff. Really always appreciate the calls. Always. You Thank you. It, right Take back care. at you. That's Jeff Van Gundy, an analyst throughout the NBA playoffs. Coverage through the conference finals and the NBA finals on ABC. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. I don't know, man. Always seem like somebody. I mean, Trey Young's the latest example. You know? Coming in. Coming in guys always come in the garden. Yep. Some guys, you know, rise up and meet that moment of playing in rise a place like that. Fire. Yeah. Let's take a break. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial uh, when we come back here on this show. The Jalen Hurts contract and what it means for the rest of the league. That's a fascinating conversation we will have next. This is the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung. And that means spring cleaning. Or at least... The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop 
from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code EISEN. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's take this phone call. Certainly since it looks like he's, I've never said these words before, calling from Medellin, Colombia. Whoa. Is this my buddy Joey? It's Orlando right oh, okay. here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Orlando? What's going on, Uncle Rich? What's happening? What are, you, are you calling in from uh, South America? Is that what you're doing? I am. I am. I am. You know, the, the birds are chirping. Okay. You know, the coffee's flowing. Okay. Uh, all, all is well here. All oh, is well here. Okay, it's very good. Okay, <laughs> very good. What's on your mind there uh, in Colombia? What is that? What's on your mind? Oh, so, uh, football. Uh, so we are in perilous waters right now, man. This is like the most important draft of uh, Chris Ballard's career because um, – I don't think his his leash. I think he's on the hottest hot seat of any coach or any GM in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he can take Anthony Richardson at number three. Uh, one, we still gave up sixty sacks last season. Uh, we don't have any weapons around him. If you want to consider Michael Pittman Jr. a weapon, okay, cool. But uh, also, Jonathan Taylor's contract is up at the end of this year. Pittman's contract is up at the end of this year. We don't have any weapons. Like, we're like one of the most depleted rosters, period. Um, for and here's my thing with Coach Football. Here's my thing. We we honestly, yeah, we have one Super Bowl, but we've honestly been like the most underachieving franchise in the past twenty years. We'll arguably have eight Hall of Famers out of that nineteen ninety nine to two thousand ten team. Manning, Lane, Marvin, Edgerin. The uh, White Hall of Famer, maybe uh, Robert Mathis and Adam Benatari, and then you have coaches like uh, Tony Tony Dungy and yeah. Chris Ballard. No, I know yeah, it's it's yeah, no, it, it's it's, it's I got it, I know, and I know that uh, that that it's it's something that frustrates you. Um, hey, look, look but, just just a quick question for you: Is there a Colts fan club in Columbia? I don't think so, man. I think I'm just one of one. Okay, I'm, I'm you could start one. Uh, you could start one. You know, it, it's. <laughs> Uh, I think it's just me, but I'm sure there's some Cowboys fans here. Uh, uh, we're everywhere. Else. Yeah, we're uh, but 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 let me ask you this: I one 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 last thing. Yeah. What's more likely if the Colts take Anthony Richardson, like in the, so in the next four years? What's more likely in the next four years? The Colts draft Arch Manning in in four years. The Jets make a Super Bowl appearance, or Coach Pine, Deion Sanders, revitalizes the University of Miami. 
Oh, my goodness. What's more likely? The Colts choose Arch Manning in the next four years or Dion re, re, uh, reconstitutes University of Miami? Um, I, I don't know. Would, would Miami really go for, for Prime? That would be unbelievable to bring it to Florida State. Would Prime guy go for Miami? I think he would. Oh, how could? Ew, that's disgusting to me. Why? A Florida State guy coach in Miami? Get out of here. Who I don't cares? think Prime would do that. Who cares? <laughs> uh, thanks for the call. Interesting stuff right there. Shout out to Medellin, man. I was watching some of that Texas would, Pro Day. You know, Arch didn't exactly light well, it up. Well, he said it was. But, he says it's Ewers' job. Sarkeenian yeah, says it's his year. job. Well, yours looked awesome. Well, he, he also shaved off the mullet, and he yeah, shaved like he he looks far more out. corporate America. Yeah, I don't like corporate Quinn, but corporate um, Quinn. Oh, Dion! I, I would yeah. not want to see that as a Dion and a Florida State fan. I didn't. I'd have to like kind of cheer for Miami. I don't want to do that, man. I already got enough teams to root for. Texas might not throw Arch out there in year one, huh? That's oh, fine. No question, he's not playing unless injury. Okay. Let him learn for a year. Yeah, give him three. Then we fit him for the jacket in what twenty eight, yeah, and then the I Colts buy my boat him. in twenty. Why, by the way, why why wouldn't Dion go for Miami if they offer him you know an appropriate package? Why wouldn't? And this is just because because he because he, he was a Bobby Bowden guy. This is just the Florida State fan talking. Come on, now that's the reason. Dion's not going to sit there and go. Florida State had a shot at him. Okay? I know that is true. That's a good All point right, too. Florida State could have gotten him. And didn't. Not true. Okay. So let's just see what he does in Colorado first. And I suspect he will perform. It'll take some time for him to get where he wants to go. Yeah. Like I, I would think. I would think. I mean, already TC, hasn't had the season yet. TCU's his first game. I mean, that is a tough one. Yeah. But why wouldn't he go for Miami? Like I said, that's just me as the Florida State fan, that one. Got that's it. All. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on the on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Will Levis is in Indianapolis today. Still eating bananas the same way I'm. Anthony assuming? Richardson, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Richardson is all over the map. I believe he's in Tennessee today. He's going to wind up visiting the Ravens too. Uh, I mean. There's a lot of top 30 visits that they're just shoehorning in because why not? What a, you know. Yeah, why not? I mean, it, it, you know. And certainly you're doing your due diligence if you're Baltimore. What if this kid drops all the way down? I doubt it. I so doubt it. They're sitting at 23. Do they even move up? That would be wild. No. That would be wild. I, I don't even know. And then there's Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker's visiting a whole bunch of places. Now that's the guy. Because that's the guy that you just sit for a year and see what's going exactly. on. Exactly. So you do what uh, the Ravens did for Lamar Jackson. You get back into the first round at the bottom there, and you take him. You let him sit until you need him. But you knock on. I mean, you got some teams at the bottom of the first round that I think would be happy to pop out if they're people that the board isn't isn't uh, isn't there. Happy to say you come in. You want Hendon Hooker for fifth year of eligibility. For your contract, uh, fifth year of your, uh, 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 for a fifth year of contractual control, you got the the Jacksonville Jaguars at twenty five. You got the Giants at twenty six. You got the Cowboys at twenty seven. You got the Buffalo Bills at twenty eight. You got Cincinnati at twenty nine. Certainly, if New Orleans is sitting there at thirty and might want to just 
roll the dice and figure that Derek Carr is not going to be there for a whole long time. I mean, or they'll trade out Philadelphia at 31, Kansas City at 32. Somebody wants a fifth year of contractual control of Hendon Hooker, you can come and grab him right there. And then, of course, there's Minnesota at 24. Everyone thinks they're going to grab that kid no matter what. So you want to pop in front of them, there's Baltimore at 23. Chargers at 22. Seattle sitting there at 20. They could draft Hendon Hooker and have Geno Smith do his thing. Or they can go ahead, Seattle, and choose Anthony Richardson at five or move up and go get him if they love him so much. Hendon Hooker is in Washington today. Is he hanging out with Magic? (laughs) 16th overall. You want to use your 16th overall pick on this kid? Houston... You know why they might be trading at it too? Because they love Hooker. They're sitting there at 12 with the Deshaun Watson pick. They can grab him and say, we'll go with Davis Mills for the for this year. You know? Or you're Detroit. Do you do something like that? Do you go with Anthony Richardson? Washington, do they choose Hendon Hooker? Or if you're Indianapolis, do you take Will Levis? Do you just pass on it and you go, you're one of those teams that trades back into the end of the first round for Hooker. And you go into your first year, you're saying, who, who's going to be your starter? It's my number one on my power rankings list of quarterbacks whose birthday parties I want to attend the most. Gardner Minshew. How do you look against the uh, Dallas Cowboys? With Shane Steichen at the controls. You know? There are so many options right here, and it's all believable. Everything I just said is 1,000% believable. Anybody can... They, the Raiders are, are, are in this mix, sitting there at seven. Do they move up? Do they sit tight? And then the Texans. I mean, this is wild. Again, Adam Schefter... First put it in the ether last week. I'm 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 not convinced that the Texans are going to take a quarterback second overall. Albert Breer came on the show a couple days later. I'm like, what do you think? And he's like, Casario came from New England where they never used a first round pick on a quarterback. The highest he ever drafted one in New England was uh, Garoppolo, second round. D'Amico Ryans is the new head coach there. He was there in the draft where they went ahead and went they zigged when everybody thought they were going to zag with Reggie Bush. They, they went with Mario Williams. And then D'Amico Ryan shows up. And he comes from San Francisco where, you know, choosing someone top five didn't pan out. So, yeah, they might be inclined to go and get Will Anderson second overall or trade out and then use 12 on Hennon Hooker. Hmm. Why not? You might be, that's too high. What do you care? That's where they pick. They'll get in front of everybody. Kid gets better. The question is, is do you do such a move if you're on the hot seat? I haven't heard that Nick Casario is on a hot seat, but I guess that's been the talk down there in Houston. Because he, in his press conference today, started it with a soliloquy on that very subject matter and even dropped a nice pop culture reference in there too. Check it out. You know, before we take any questions, quite frankly, I'm almost embarrassed that I have to say anything. Um, I mean, honestly, I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio and the Wolf of Wall Street. But uh, I'm not leaving. Um, 
there's never really been any substantive discussions of the sort. You know, unfortunately, I think this time of year, there's a lot of information um, and a lot of topics that are discussed. Um, some are more accurate than others, and I think it uh, transcends multiple landscapes. Um, but I can't, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm almost embarrassed that I have to say anything, but I feel like I have an obligation to, <laughs> to make that statement, uh, really try to stay ahead of it. I'm it really, I mean, I don't think there's anything else to talk about or to say or any question about it. Well, he came out and he just wanted to put that to rest. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then what about the trading the second overall pick? Could you do that? We've received some calls actually on the number two pick so i think our job and responsibility is to listen um you know not rule anything out um and i think whatever the end result is um come thursday you know we'll be prepared to go um either way so if you want to quote me are we open for business i'd say we're open to listening so if you want to change the vocabulary this year a little bit but uh, we have received a few calls, um, and again, I think our responsibility is to listen, um, to try to take the information in, and then just make the right decision. There you have it. I'm assuming it's Will Anderson. I don't know. Jalen Carter is making visits all over the top ten market, and if you think he's a game changer and you think he's going to be fine off the field, then you go and take that kid. Everybody had him above Will Anderson on their draft boards before all that craziness happened in Georgia. And then he had to leave the combine. But that could just be the agent saying, and Drew Rosenhaus, we're only visiting top 10 teams. So if you think he's going to fall out of the top 10, good luck to you. We're we're only visiting top 10 teams. It's about controlling the narrative, which, again, Nick Casario just did in his first comments in a press conference today about the draft. I, I ain't leaving. I appreciate him cleaning it up. The real <laughs> transcript from uh, from Wolf of Wall Street. Different. But um, agents will do that sort of thing to set the narrative. Bryce Young just did it today. Tom Pelissero yeah. reporting that he's canceling the rest of his pre-draft visits. Canceled. I visited the Panthers. I visited the Texans. That's all I need to do. That's I don't it. know who he's telling me. I'm not, I ain't coming. <laughs> one, one GM in Houston says, I ain't leaving. He's doing the opposite. I ain't coming. I ain't effing coming. <laughs> there you go. So he's done enough traveling. He's not packing a bag. Next bag he packs is for Kansas City. To hear his name first overall, or he visited he visited two. First or second. And everything you just heard Casario say could be one thousand percent. They have looked at CJ Stroud, not sold. Not sold on him. If everyone's sold on Will Anderson, guess what? You got to come to us to go get him. Or if you want to make sure you you're sold on Stroud, you got to come to me to go get him. Because Arizona might be somebody's choice to trade up too. Or this could be completely thrown off on a smokescreen. I don't know why. I mean, they might think that Bryce Young could drop to him too. And then every single plan that you're hearing about will trade to goes out the window cuz they'll take him. Who the heck knows? And this is what I wanted. I told you. I want complete anonymity about the top pick. And I want everything else to be completely in the dark because I want you to tune into NFL Network's coverage a couple of Thursdays. Oh, baby. And then Anthony Richardson. Who wants him? 
Is he going to drop? Is he going to go three? Could he go four? Could he go five? Six? Is he going to drop? The Raiders, would they be all over him? Because he can marinate while Jimmy G cooks. Hanging out at the ranch. Good times. (laughs) I'm talking about football. Okay. So what's your problem? What is your what is your problem? Well, you know, where do we start? All right, we'll take a break. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. Francisco Lindor of the Mets joining us shortly. Uh, work in progress. That old pitch clock still yeah. working out the kinks. A couple weeks in, we'll talk about that when we come back on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O O O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, um, pitch clock, everybody. Pitch clock. You don't see it on the broadcast. You see it when you go to a game. So, I'm told it's a different experience. I haven't been physically to a game yet. I'm going tonight. Okay, you'll let, you'll let us know tomorrow if, yeah. it's, if it's different when you're there. Um, my concern, as you know, is that uh, that Otani-Trout matchup that lit up the Twitterverse and the sports world internationally to end the World Baseball Classic, every single pitch in that sequence would have violated a pitch clock. And I'm, I, I, I want to see this thing play out. I want to see this thing being the drama play out. I want to see a game finish up filled with drama without wondering about a pitch clock. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? So we asked the commissioner of baseball about it when he came on the show, and he said that it's a work in progress. Here's what Rob Manfred had to say. The most important point, Rich, yes. and, and I want to make the big point, and I've said this to the players that I've met with, um, you know, our feet are not in stone um, with respect to the pitch clock. We want to see um, how it, you know, we've seen it in spring. Tra- we saw it in the minor leagues. Yep. We've seen it in spring training. We want to see it in regular season games, particularly in situations that are high leverage. And, you know, we'll, we'll, I think we will talk about 
um, what should happen in those situations. And I think that um, certainly have the capacity to, to, to make adjustments on the fly um, during the course of the season. And, again, I want to emphasize this. Mm-hmm. The core of the pitch clock is going to be the core of the pitch clock. It's these things around the edges to address unique situations or, or particular situations maybe is the better word um, during a game. We'll continue to, you know, get input from players and talk about them. So we found a new edge. The commissioner's saying that we're working the edges. Hmm. Found a new edge. And an edge of the pitch clock is when a player comes back to an old haunt and is still beloved and gets an ovation. Cody Bellinger, Chicago Cub, in Dodger Stadium Friday night. Former MVP of the uh, National League. Won a... World Series with Los Angeles and steps in to the batter's box and the crowd noise builds and builds and builds and there's a huge ovation and he steps out and guess what happened he got called for a strike (laughs) for a pitch clock violation and it's like are you kidding me stupid (laughs) now Apparently, there is a process. I read this in the Los Angeles Times over the weekend. There is a process for Major League Baseball to clear a player for a pitch clock violation in advance under such circumstances. The Dodgers or the Cubs needed to call Major League Baseball and say, hey, Bellinger's playing tonight. Can you tell the umpires if he gets an ovation and he steps out of the box to not pop him for a a pitch clock violation? And apparently, the commissioner's office has to approve it. Apparently, according to this article, the Yankees did such a thing prior to their opening day game because they knew Judge would get showered with applause. His first game being a freshly re-signed Yankee for life coming off of the Yankee season for the ages he had last year. So no pitch clock violation there. But because they didn't approve it, apparently Bellinger got popped. Or maybe the home plate umpire Jim Wolf should have just used the discretion we heard that's apparently available to him, as the commissioner just said, under certain circumstances. But he didn't. As a matter of fact, he popped him for a strike. And all I have to say is this. I understand there's a process, and I understand that some things can get messy as we're instituting something completely new. I get it 100%. But hey, umps. If you don't want to be replaced by robots, don't act like one. (laughs) All right. (laughs) If you want to talk about how important you are, and you are, because there's a human element to umpiring and refereeing that would be missed if robots took over, and that you are the human element that is required to keep baseball as great as it is, then don't act like a complete robot. See what's going on, hear what's going on, and just wave your finger to say, keep the clock going, and get him in the batter's box. What the hell happened on Friday night is insane. And what, teams got to call the commissioner's office in advance? Expecting how fans may act or react? Come on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's simple. You don't want to be replaced by a machine. Don't umpire like one.
And then, of course, you know, the Dodgers lose on Sunday. Three called strikes in the ninth inning. Every last one of them outside the strike zone. None of them in the box. Oh, my goodness gracious. (laughs) Now, so ump a little better. It's a tough job. I get it. But when you see a fan en masse, you see fans en masse do something like that with Cody Bellinger, just live in the moment. Will you please? That extra 15 seconds, we'll make it back. (laughs) 